This is According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell, McPherson's sports talk show. Just be patient, and I know I stink. Everyone tells me I stink. Yeah, you're so the worst. I am the worst. Listen Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at com. I tell you, I'm not a very good catcher. I'm much better at getting high than getting low. According to Jim is your home for the McPherson Bullpup. Inside the 15, BU later! Two plays and a touchdown! Everything happening in the sports world. That ball hit high and deep. Stretch! Stretch! Get on back there. They look up. You can put it on the board. Yes! And even some things not happening in the sports world. It's always you asking Steve if he's done things, and he says no. It's always him saying, no, I don't know what that is. I don't do that. No, no, no. He said, why don't you ask him some things that he does know? Now it's time for According to Jim. Here's Jim Joyner and Steve Sell. Let's do this thing. Another edition of According to Jim right here on 96.7 FM KBBE. Or for those of you listening online, worldwide at midkansasonline.com. I'm Jim Joyner. Joining me as always... The most popular man in the entire city of McPherson. Maybe not the most well-fed man in the city of McPherson, <laughs> Mr. Steve Sell. Yeah, Good afternoon. I'm famished. You I haven't eaten any I lunch. Haven't had, I haven't had, normally I've, I have lunch before the show, but... Uh, normally you have a peanut I, butter sandwich by now, a yeah, big glass of milk. You're feeling all your nutrients. Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm just like almost doubled over. Haven't had anything to eat today? No breakfast? Oh, I don't do breakfast. Not a breakfast guy? No. So no food. It's 1230. Oh. Is your body rejecting I had, everything i had to have took a couple antacids in fact whoa yeah. whoa yeah this, this show is getting weird yeah here to start today yeah steve we don't have a lot of time right. because we have a long interview today great interview yeah. fun interview with chet couplin of sports in kansas we talk all about high school football because chet is one of if not the best source for high school football in the state of Kansas. I was amazed. We recorded this yesterday, and I was amazed when we talked with him how many names he's able to rattle off and throw at you about a single team. Right. You say, I'll mention this school, and he says, oh, well, they had this guy and this guy right. and this guy. He's so sharp with all of that. And he talks about McPherson and where they stand in Class 4A. It'll be a fun interview with Chad. I know well, you enjoyed it. Yeah, we. I, I really enjoyed it, and he is very knowledgeable and one of the real experts on high school sports in Kansas. I know that he is a Southeast Kansas man like yourself. Yeah. So you guys kind of unite and bond and feel good about yourselves. Yeah. And he, let's see, where did he say he was? Frontenac. Frontenac. Well, see, that's where my grandparents lived. My grandparents, when they were alive, they lived right across the street from the Catholic Church because that was the church they attended, and they just wanted a short walk, and out the door, across the street, they were there. There you go. You bet. So we've got a fun interview with Chet. We're going to take our first break and then dive into that. If we have some time left, Steve, we could talk about the Royals' phenomenal performance last night well, against you know, the Orioles. You and I actually watched the game together, and I blame that loss on Ned Yost. I Sailor was, Ned. And and I was saying before the home run, what was I saying? Take him out. Exactly. He's done. He's cooked. Toast. He's burnt. Yep. All right, Steve, we'll take our first break. When we come back, we talk with Chet Couplin of Sports in Kansas. We'll do that next. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, The Fieldhouse Grill and Taps, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, 
and Farmer's State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 12.30 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Joining us on this afternoon's show is Chet Couplin of Sports in Kansas, who is one of the premier sources for sports in the entire state of Kansas. It's high school football season. It is also time for high school sports, and they all got underway this week. Chet, have, have you felt the excitement that Steve and I have been feeling to get high school sports back underway so far this fall? Absolutely, I have, and it's kind of a new feel as well because uh, we're not going to be starting football on Labor Day weekend, we will with jamborees for the first time ever. So we've changed some things, obviously, with the Acacia the rules, and we kind of got new, used to a new system and format last year across a lot of classifications. But uh, it's still football time in Kansas. It's hot outside. People are moving practices all over the place. I'm excited. I know you guys are excited. Uh, all of, the, of course, the, the student athletes and coaches and fans are excited for a 2019 football season in Kansas. Well, Chad, I know that you have been keeping up with some of the numbers in terms of players that are out for football in other cities in the state and other schools. Have you thought that the numbers are up a little bit? I know that for Steve and I here in McPherson, that their numbers are up this year. They're at 93 that started on Monday. Have you noticed that numbers are up or down or about the same across the state? Kind of seems about the same, and it's hit or miss. I mean, you're, of course, going to have your 6A, 5A, 4A programs that are going to have 90-plus kids out in a lot of places. But then, uh, you know, you may have a 4A program. I know a couple of years ago, Coffeyville, at the end of the year, they were dealing with about 19 players. And, you know, in 2013, in the last year of 4A, before they switched back to the new 4A again when Bueller won the state title, you know, they were playing for a state title that year. And a few years later, we're down to 19 kids. So it's kind of hit or miss, you know. And I call, you know, 4A and down kind of small-town America. Uh, if you're not one of those private schools uh, within a city, because you're dealing with what you have. And some classes may only have 15 boys uh, in an entire class at a 3A or 2A or whatever it happens to be. And, you know, you got to get those numbers out through four grades. You only have four grades to pick from. Uh, the lowest number that I saw out tweeted out yesterday, Southern Cloud, which is a co-op between Miltonville and Glasgow, they had six kids out. So I don't know if that was somebody pulling my leg or joking or whatnot. I know Dighton, of course, uh, you know, they made their runs in the playoffs. They had nine players out. They went to the state uh, championship in eight-man two a few years ago with 13 or 14 kids. So, you know, I see it in all shapes and sizes, whether that is the six-man towns of 200 people uh, or you're the 100-plus the in the Class 6A uh, in the Kansas City or Wichita markets. Well, what I remember last year, Chet, uh, uh, McPherson played Independence in the first round of the Class 4A playoffs, which happens to be my alma mater, by the way. And I think they ended up bringing – they dressed, I think, 24 kids. And I know when I was in high school there, we had 60 to 70, um, you know, out for our program. Is it is it just the programs that don't have a winning tradition, the kids just drop off? Or uh, what do you attribute to – like a school like Independence to have only 24 kids, that's pretty – pretty hard to believe well i think some of these programs have dropped off over the period of time and are up and down and uh, some of them that may not have an established tradition anymore of course uh, coach boldra kind of was up and down there for a while at independence he's uh, been let go coach black from the Shea is now the coach there but you see that across a lot of the southeast kansas communities and that's where i'm from originally in the southeast kansas area and frontneck so uh, of course you see numbers fluctuate there 
uh, within that. And I think it all stems from success. You know, some of these people sometimes that have success want to be a part of it, want to buy in. And some of these kids, by the time that they're freshmen, maybe burn out. And there's other opportunities in different sports to play now. And I, I think, obviously, you know, there's just a lot of kids being pulled in a lot of different ways. And let's face it, if you're going 0-9 every single year at a lot of these places, it's going to be hard uh, to get some of those numbers out. And the other thing is, football is not an easy sport. You know, you got to put on heavy pads, lift weights year-round, get hit. Uh, and you got to be a big physical kid to some extent, or, or at least think that you're a big physical kid to go out there and suit up on a, a Friday night and get hit by some of these seniors. Well, Chet, one of the things that I have noticed in reading all sorts of preseason publications, whether it's Kansas pregame, whether it's at sportsincansas.com, one thing that I've seen is that there is a lot of high-level talent this year across the state. We get to see some of that here in McPherson with guy with a guy like Cody Stuffelbean, but there are a ton of big-time Division One players across this state. Do you remember another year where it seems like there are as many Division One FBS, FCS guys that have been offered or at least signed at this point? It seems like it's about every other year in Kansas. Uh, we have a big year, then a down year, a big year, and a down year. Uh, and sometimes, you know, they, they come in flocks of linemen. Like right now this year, you're seeing a lot of linemen all across the board. And in a way, there's probably about 10 guys out there that don't have that FBS offer because it's such a loaded class. Uh, and I think as people decide to, to pick schools later on and commit to, maybe some more offers and opportunities uh, will pick up. I mean, the defensive end tight end alone, you mentioned Stufflebean. we got a kid at Olathe East, the Matlock kid going up to, to Kansas State. Of course, Quentin Stewart, uh, Salina Central is going to Oklahoma State. You know, when we went to the, the Combine in Salina, I interviewed Quentin Stewart and I interviewed Cody Stufflebean, and I had coaches at that event, Division One coaches texted me wanting to know official height and weight on those guys. Those guys had zero offers before that event. Later that night, both of those guys blew up with Division One offers. So it is kind of crazy to think uh, how talent is found just from a, a measuring stick to an extent because we knew they were good players. We knew they could play at that level. It's just a matter of, is, is he really 6'3 Is he 6'4"? Is he 6'5"? What does he happen to be? And sometimes, you know, you got to have that size to play at the next level. But, you know, you said it perfectly. This is a loaded year in Kansas. There's a lot of depth at the line position. There's a lot of skill guys as well. Hopefully, Kansas and Kansas State can take advantage of a lot of that. I know Kansas State certainly has, but we've seen a shift with less miles uh, here as of recent because, let's face it, David Beatty, I didn't really feel like did a great job of kind of, uh, you know, owning his backyard. You know, a lot of those kids, of course, he's had some from Free State uh, on that roster, but some of those kids went and played next door or went somewhere else, including two, uh, of course, last year whenever Les Miles took over. But it's just really tough in Kansas to keep some of these kids in state. Hopefully KU and K-State can do more of that. And if they're in recruiting battles, if KU and K-State are in recruiting battles with each other, all that means is I think more Kansas kids are going to be offered because if only one is recruiting them and somebody else isn't, then only one of those schools is going to get them all. So I think it's good that we have two new coaches that are both recruiting the state of Kansas, and I think that's going to help out. But, yeah, it is a deep year for sure. You know, the, the 08, 09, 10 era – uh, that was a pretty loaded era with the Brown brothers out of Wichita East and Blake Bell and guys like that. We've certainly had some, some freaks here in Kansas over the years, and we're a hidden state. Let, let's make no mistake about it uh, because a lot of these kids have to go to junior college for a couple of years and develop and get the opportunity. I mean, if I listed out all those kids each and every year, it's insane. And it's still happening even though we've changed the junior college rule where not all these kids are getting offered all over the place. Butler is still kind of maintaining that. Uh, giving some of those kids an opportunity. 
Uh, the one thing that I have noticed, guys, is the FCS programs, since we changed that rule, I know that they're going to go back on it now, but since we've changed that, I've noticed these FCS programs coming in here, like your South Dakotas of the world. I mean, they got a kid like Travis Tice uh, last year out of Pratt. North Dakota State has obviously uh, recruited uh, Kansas very well with Coach Kleiman there in the past uh, and even you know prior to Coach Kleiman. So I think the FCS programs are really doing a good job. And then it goes to the other level, the MIAA, Fort A. State, is an awesome program right now. Pittsburgh State has won a title in the last eight years back in 2011. The MIAA is doing a great job in Poria State, Washburn. They're kind of on and off from time to time. But there's a lot of opportunities to play football in the state of Kansas, whether that's the KCAC, uh, the Junior College Conference, the D2s, and, of course, the out-of-state programs that are shopping in here as well. So uh, kind of uh, you know a non-recruited state compared to, to maybe some of those other states due to population because you can go in one market in Texas and see 500 guys over the course of a few days, whereas in Kansas, there may only be about 20 to 25 that you want to check out. And, man, Lake in Kansas is a long way from Kansas City Airport. So, you know, some of those things kind of factor in sometimes to get these kids discovered. That's why these camps, combines, different things like that have certainly helped out. And uh, it's crazy to think that a little tweet or something on somebody uh, can raise the eyebrows of one of these coaches and offer a kid. Chet, what we want to pick your brain about is Class 4A and uh, talk about some of the teams uh, in that class. Of course, McPherson's uh, finishing the second year of a two-year cycle in 4A. It's not sure if they'll be 5A next year or remain in 4A. Of course, the Bullpups the last two years have made it to the Final Four. Uh, they lose basically all their skill players and a couple of key offensive linemen, but the defense is real strong. Uh, obviously, Miege is the team to beat, but where do you see McPherson in the mix after Miege, because I think everybody knows Miege is kind of at a different level. At least they have been. I don't know about this year, but in the past they have been. How do you see McPherson fitting in after that top spot? Well, last year I had McPherson playing for a state title, and I think that they're going to be that again this year. I really feel like them and Goddard are going to be in the mix to be those two teams. I think it's going to be a similar season to what we're going to see one year ago. Uh, and and Miege, you know, they've not dropped off at all. They may have lost a few Division One guys. But all they did is reload, and their best player on their team last year didn't even play because he was hurt, and Daniel Jackson. Well, he's back this year, and of course, he is one of the top receivers in the country. They usher in a new quarterback. They did last year. He threw for 2,500 yards in his first year since replacing Carter Putts, a guy that broke every record in the book, now starting for baseball for Notre Dame. So the East, it is Bishop Miege for sure. There's no question there. It's just uh, everybody else, you know, basically going to play and try to beat Bishop Miege. But we've seen some crazy things happen. Chanute beat Bishop Miege in basketball last year. Nobody thought that would happen. Football, the physicality, the line play, the size, a little bit different. They're playing in the EKL, 5A, 6A, the best league in the state, week in and week out. But we look at the, the western side of the state. I think it's McPherson and Goddard. You know, Goddard, of course, played a couple quarterbacks throughout the playoffs last year. Kyler Simrad is back. Uh, he's been a player for three years there already since replacing Blake Sullivan as a freshman when he was dinged up. I've heard some pretty good things about the, the Wellington program as well. I know they lost their key receiver from last year, but they have a line that's pretty good this year. You know, you look up and down and you start to think, you know, who are the contenders and who are the pretenders here? You know, there's not a lot of depth, to be quite honest with you, in my opinion, of Class 4A. And the problem with how we do it, and I know that you guys – and disagree or agree on this, but let's face it. Last year, Bishop Miege was the, the fifth seed, I believe, on the 4A East. Uh, in no way, shape, or form should they have been the fifth seed. There needs to be some type of human element in here, in my opinion, 
or a ranking system or something. No disrespect to Lewis Berg and Baser Linwood or anybody like that, but it's all based off record only. I know McPherson was the one seed, of course, Wellington two seed and Goddard three and Wolvane. Uh, and then it started to drop off of your 500 and below teams. I think it's going to be very, very similar uh, to that this year. I think McPherson and Goddard are the kings there. Of course, May South is up in Class 5A, and Andel is down in Class 3A. Otherwise, it'd be a little bit interesting on the Class 4A West this year. So I don't know if any you know schools can take a jump. I look for Bueller to be a little bit better than they were a year ago. 5-5 five and five last year. McPherson and Goddard uh, are the premier programs in the Class 4A West, in my opinion. If you ask on the east, outside of Bishop Miege, who could it be? Well, I think a team that's making some noise is Paola. They returned everybody off their 9-2 and two season from a year ago. I look for them to have a very nice year. Baser Linwood, a solid weight room program. Lewisburg, hit heavy by graduation. And keep in mind, Pittsburgh High is one of those schools that's borderline 4A, 5A, has a lot of talent. And they were likely the second-best team in 4A last year. They just ran into a buzzsaw on Bishop Miege. We're talking with Chet Kaplan of Sports in Kansas today, talking a little bit about high school football and what's coming up here in the next couple of weeks, getting ready for this 2019 season. Chet, maybe the other big name, at least for us in our area, are the Canton Galva Eagles, who continue to pick up big-time press all over the state, whether it is from your publication, whether it's from Varsity Kansas. Wherever it's at, everybody is high on the Canton Galva Eagles. I know that Central Plains has been the top dog in eight-man Division One for the last couple of years, but where do you think Canton and Galva stands for their chances to win a state championship this fall? Well, I think that the strength of the East in eight-man-one football has increased. I like schools like South Central. They have a solid backfield back this year. I've heard some good things about Caldwell out of that district as well. Madison is a team to watch. Uh, you know, four or five years ago, six years ago, however long it's been, they were playing for some state titles. They bounced back. I would not be surprised if they made a little bit of a run. And Solomon, of course, made a very solid run to the state title game a year ago getting runner-up and Canton Galva falling to them. But Canton Galva won that uh, district and returns everybody. Uh, so Landon Everett, one of the top quarterbacks slash running backs, whatever you want to call him, on this team, uh, he is one of the premier playmakers and then you have a sophomore that I feel like is one of the top 15 sophomores in all classes regardless of classification. Yes, he's an eight-man, one football player, but I can guarantee you there's a lot of ABCTL teams that would want him to play for him right now and Tyson Struber. Uh, he is the real deal. And you can – and everybody is back on that football team in Canton Galva. The target is on their back for sure, but it's not going to be an easy path uh, because sometimes there's going to be a breakout player that we don't know anything about. I mean, look last year, Struber, you know, entering high school, didn't know anything about him. There's going to be somebody like that somewhere, and it makes a difference in eight-man football more so than 11-man when you can get a guy with some speed. As far as the western side, everybody thinks Central Plains is going to drop off a little bit. They are still Central Plains. There's still talent all over the place, even though – they lost everybody off one of the best defenses from a year ago. Little River, I've been hearing some good things about them and the Stevens kid. Hodgman County has both of the Salmons kids back, the brothers. Seems like there's one there every single year. Clifton Clyde kind of hit heavy by graduation. St. Francis is always going to be in the mix as well. And guys, Hoxie has a player this year, six foot 11, 305 pounds, junior to be. I've never heard of a player in high school football. I know basketball we have. High school football, six foot 11. And last year, they had another kid right next to him in Tay Washington, 6'6", 340. We're talking about eight-man football in western Kansas. Well, I think if you combine Steve and I, maybe we could get to 6'11 and 305 pounds. Well, Chet, tell us a little bit about what's coming up over the next couple of weeks at Sports in Kansas, what you guys will be doing in preparation of getting this high school football season underway. Well, we do a lot of league previews, so we'll do a lot of audio previews. Those will be... Uh 
our stations across the state, uh, as well as, of course, uh, online for free at any time on demand, uh, presented by Kansas Turf. So all that stuff up on the site. We're going to do league-by-league preview of about a 15- to 20-minute preview. And then, of course, our uh, famous thing at Sports in Kansas is the Faces in Kansas features, whether that's six-man football to 6A. We profile some high school athletes, kind of do a Q&A and talk about them. And one of the most popular things uh, that we do uh, is the Sports in Kansas 25-to-watch list. Of course, we've only put out about four of those so far. We're working on wide receiver tight end right now, and we'll jump into the defensive side. So we kind of go – it's not like we're ranking the top 25 players on who we think is going to go on projection or whatever. We kind of go class by class and kind of want to show everybody who to look at, whether that is small-town Kansas or a big city in, in Kansas that can range all the way from, obviously, a class 6A program to a kid from a town of 200, 300 people. Because, guys, you know as well as I do, and, and you cover this – there are players at all levels, and I think that's something that the 5A, 6A people don't quite realize. And when you go to these camps and combines and you see somebody turn the heads of somebody, you're like, yeah, that kid plays eight-man football. So that's the funnest thing about what we do is kind of taking the kid that not a lot of people know about and help promote him, and that's what we really try to do year-round. So tons of coverage going on. Of course, Instagram, uh, Facebook, Twitter. We're now over 250,000 followers across all of our platforms over the last eight years. So a lot of interaction all over the place at sports in Kansas. And it's great catching up with guys like you and an input of what's going on in your area. Cause that's kind of how we keep tabs on everything. So if you guys ever have a suggestion or anything going on, anybody can always tweet sports in Kansas and we'd be uh, happy to, to send something out or promote whatever. I mean, the Cody Stuffelbean deal was kind of crazy. Cause I've talked to, to coach Pav quite a bit about him. And of course I talked to his dad on Twitter and I thought, well, this kid has a chance to be FCS FBS and, the next thing you know, we put a little feature out on him and interviewed him, and the kid's blown up into a superstar now. So it's awesome to see stories like that, whether they're from West Elk, Kansas, now starting for uh, Wisconsin, or they're from uh, you know a middle, you know the you know population as far as McPherson wise, as far as small town to big town. It's it's always cool to cover kids in all shapes and sizes. Well, Chad, I'll tell you one guy to keep an eye on just for your own uh, personal uh, portfolio: Mason Thrash, linebacker. I know you've. Uh, you're well aware of him, but I think people around the state will really find out how good this guy is. We watched him in practice yesterday, and he's a specimen. He's fast. He's strong. Already been uh, selected to play in the Blue-Gray All-American Bowl in Atlanta in January. He's a guy I think you better keep an eye on. Well, that's awesome to hear. And In fact, we are actually in the process right now, faces in Kansas, Mason Thrash. So I'm glad that you said that because that's coming out in like the next three days. <laughs> Well, Chet, we appreciate your time today, and we'll talk with you again a few more times during the football season. But the good times are here. It's August, and I can't wait for September to get everything going. Hey, guys, I appreciate it and all your hard work. You guys do a great job. That was Chet Kaplan of Sports in Kansas. Steve, we enjoyed that interview yesterday yeah, with Chet. Very, he does very, a great job. Very knowledgeable guy. Uh, you know, he's as much in the authority of prep sports in Kansas as anybody there is. Steve, I think that you could probably attest to this, that what they have done at sports in Kansas is very unique in the way that they went about things. Because I can remember when it started. Yeah. I can remember it being pretty much just a social media platform and just randomly posting things and saying, hey, this guy is having a good year. But what they have turned that website and Twitter and Instagram platform, Facebook into, is pretty much the second or third best newspaper news source for Kansas sports that there is. Yeah. I mean, it's Wichita Eagle, Topeka Capital Journal, Mid-Kansas Sports Online. in Kansas. Yeah, Mid-Kansas Online is a close fourth. 
But the the amount that they cover, they do postseason awards. They are constantly working on this. And in terms of just covering the entire state, I don't know if there's a spot that does better than them. Yeah, they're really good. And, then, uh, you know, you and I uh, go there often just to see, you know, what they well, post. I'm a contributor. Yeah. Part of the rankings for yeah. football. You are a, a rankings uh, guru. I'm just waiting for the AP to there send you. me a ballot. There and you go. And I'll really get all over it. There you go. All right, Steve, we'll wrap things up after this. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, The Fieldhouse Grill and Taps, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmer State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 12.30 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Wrapping up today's According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE, Jim Joyner and Steve Sell. Did you notice the song I played? Hungry Like a Wolf. Steve is hungry like the wolf today. I am. I'm about ready to wolf something. He, has, he hasn't eaten yet. I haven't had my lunch yet. I'm about ready to wolf this mic down. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> well, Steve, speaking of hungry, I was hungry for a few more runs last night for the Kansas City Royals. Yeah. It was not their best showing, to say the least. Well, you look at their starting lineup last night. They had... Ugh. They had, like, Valoria hitting fifth at A lot of ones as the first number in the batting average. Yeah, you had some ones and very, like, 2-0 something. It's not good. Man, that, I'll tell you, their bats, just, you know, they had that nice stretch after the All-Star break where they won 9 out of 12. I mean, the bats have been cold for almost a month now. Well, Steve, you and I are excited today. We are double dipping. Right. In our football viewing today. We're going to check out McPherson I football practice, which you and I do most days in the preseason. Right. Yesterday was unbelievably hot. I didn't, I didn't it was. It. it was so hot. I didn't make it yesterday. I was just standing there sweating. But we're going to check out a little bullpup football practice, and then we're going to go check out the Kent Galva Eagles. Yeah. A team that has been ranked number one by several publications in the state going into this football season. And I think Shelby Hoppus, who we had on the show earlier this summer, is very excited about what his team could potentially do this year. Yeah, the expectations are... Don't you know that Little River is sitting over there listening to this and saying, week one, we're ready to take them down. Yeah, and remember, Little River beat them by, what, 20-some, 25 or 30 points last year. Yeah. And then Canton Galva ripped off 10 in a row and then didn't lose again until they played Solomon. But, you know, everybody's pointing to the Eagles, and and, uh, you and I are going to talk to Shelby and get his thoughts. But uh, I'm really looking forward to going over. Hopefully the rain will hold off. It, it was raining really hard when I got to see them play in person last year. Yeah, so our our goal is not to be out in the downpour. That's so true. Hopefully the rain, I think it's supposed to clear out this afternoon. So You and I went over to Galva or to Canton to watch them play. Oh, I guess it was Mound Ridge playing in the Canton-Galva tournament. Right. And you remember it was very foggy? Yes. It's always weird weather when I go over there. Oh, I know. It's always it's, weird weather. Yeah, but yeah, we'll check it out. And hopefully I'll have a column, you know, if we get a chance to talk to Shelby a little bit. Uh, do a column on Canton Gallup. I'll do a column from Canton Gallup for tomorrow. Steve, the Royals and the Orioles tonight, game number three. Rubber game. Now, tomorrow, we're not going to have a show because, remember, the Royals are making up their game with the Red Sox. That's right. But what it could just be a makeup of an inning. Yeah. They're going to start the game at 12.05, okay. and we're going to take the air at 12. Okay. There's not a long pregame show. They're going to say, hey, we're at Fenway Park. They're going to start in two minutes. Yeah. And it will be very quick. Isn't it a tie game right now? It's tied in the top of the 10th, okay. if I remember right. Okay. 
So we'll let that play out. Who knows? It could be over by one, and we'll come on and say, wow, what a great game. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. But probably planning on no show tomorrow. Okay. Who knows? Maybe it will go 18 innings. Never know. Wouldn't that be fun? Well, if it's a bullpen game, let's face it, the Royals. Well, yeah, there. they're not going to They have no on. chance. They have no chance. <laughs> they're not going to. Maybe they'll throw a starter out there. Well, they could. And just say, all right, prepare like it's going to be a start. And yeah. Throw an inning. Yeah. Well, maybe they're counting on the offense, not scoring much. And we'll say, just give us three innings. Yeah, exactly. All right, Steve, wrapping up today's show. For Steve Salam, Jim Joyner, thanks for listening to According to Jim. We'll talk to you on Friday. According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell was brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, the Fieldhouse Grill and Taps, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmer's State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. Make sure to listen to According to Jim every weekday from 1230 to 1 p.m. right here on 96.7 FM KBBE.